Hey there, everyone. Michael e. Bryan here from the Oracular School of Astrology. And today we're diving into the depths of my Kabbalistic tarot world. The question that I'm going to be asking of the tarot is, what lessons do we need to learn to navigate the coming month of September 2022? If this is your first time joining us here on the Oraculos podcast, please feel free to subscribe to the Oraculos podcast, as well as like and share this podcast with your other astrologically and tarotically minded friends, because more and more people need to know about the magic and the momentum that we're building over here at the Oraculos podcast. Now, since this is our very first time doing something like this, I also want to announce a giveaway. And the giveaway is that you can receive a Kabbalistic tarot reading with me, as well as any astrological service that we offer over at oraculosastrology.com. So here's what you have to do in order to join. So to become eligible and to earn points for the giveaway, follow these steps. First of all, follow at oraculosastrology on Instagram. Also, share this flyer in your IG stories. So the promotion that you're going to see on our Instagram, share it in your IG stories so that your friends and your colleagues can find out about the Kabbalistic Tarot as we teach it here at Oraculos. Also, subscribe to the Oraculos podcast on our YouTube channel and definitely like this video, which is Michael's Tarot Forecast for September 2022. And for those of you on Twitter, if you want to rack up extra points in order to win a free Kabbalistic Tarot reading or a free astrological service with yours truly, then please also follow Oraculos Astro on Twitter. And I'm going to be posting all of that information down below in the description box. So without further ado, we're going to dive into our Kabbalistic Tarot reading for September 2022, in which the overarching question is, what guidance does the universe have for us this month of September 2022? So before we dive in, we're going to just prepare ourselves internally for this reading by saying what we call the invocation here at Oraculos and just grounding and centering for a bit and take a deep and cleansing breath release with that breath all that is negative or harmful to you and receive now in its place all that serves your highest most joyful good and surrender to the waves of the breath and the breathing Eternal universe, you who are the womb from whence arose the great mother, father, divine, we give thanks for this opportunity that we have to come and receive your wisdom. We ask for guidance, for clarity, for insight and understanding, that we may see how all the hills and valleys of life come together to create a beautiful tapestry of light. We give thanks for this and for your many blessings. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Now, in order to begin, I'm going to, you know, I don't really have a four stack method, but 
the four stacks or the four categories that I'm going to share with you are going to be based on the elements. So we're going to have the categories of fire, water, air, and earth. And I just want for you to take a moment and just think within yourself and reflect within yourself about which of those categories makes the most sense for you or which of those categories feels like something that you really want to focus on or that you really are being drawn to at this moment. So give yourself a moment and just think about whether or not you're being drawn to fire, water, air, or earth. And once you've decided which of those four elements is speaking to you the most strongly, I want you to write that down. So you can't actually change it. <laughs> after you choose in the same way as you can't actually change the tarot cards that come up for you within the context of a reading. So whatever elements you write down, let that be your element. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a reading for each of those four elements. It has nothing to do with your zodiac sign or the element that your sun is in or anything at all, but it's just whatever element you felt most drawn to focus on, that's the element that we're going to be focusing on, and I'm going to give a reading for those four elements. I chose mine. I hope you chose yours. All right, so the deck that I'm using today is the Universal Weight Tarot deck. It's one of my favorite decks in terms of working with people. And if you've ever had a reading with me ever at all in my life, you've more than likely received a reading through this tarot deck. So for the 17 years of me practicing tarot, I've only ever used the Universal Weight Tarot deck. In terms of my actual practice with people in general, when it comes to my personal practice, I use the Crowley Harris Thought Tarot deck. Our question is, what wisdom does the universe have to offer us as we navigate this month of September 2022? I'm going to focus on that question in my head and my heart. And you can also focus on that question in your head and in your heart and pump that question through the screen into these cards as I shuffle them. All right, so we're ready. Now, the first element that I'm going with is the earth element. So for those of you who chose the earth element, you are up first and I will definitely place timestamps through this video so that you can know exactly where you are in terms of the actual reading. So we're starting with the earth element. The first card that we have with the earth element is the queen of pentacles reversed. And so there she is, the queen of pentacles reversed. And it's interesting that the queen of pentacles reversed should come up because essentially the earth element is what the queen of pentacles is a part of. And the queen of pentacles in her upright position 
is representing the watery part of earth. So there's something fundamentally nurturing that we find within the Queen of Pentacles that makes us feel as if she can take care of us, that makes us feel as if we're going to be nurtured and we're going to be fed and we're going to be supported in a way that really makes us feel at home within the world. However, when the Queen of Pentacles is coming up reversed, she's representing that we really don't have the means to be nurtured within this coming period. And so for those of you who picked the earth element specifically, this could be manifesting and saying that at this time, you feel as if you're essentially being let down, or you feel as if you're essentially being kicked to the curb in a sense, or being forced to exit the nest, for lack of a better word, because when we have the Queen of Pentacles reverse, it comes up with a sense of a barrenness, or it comes up with a sense of her not really being able to support us in the way how she usually would. So this could represent people within your life, and usually the Queen of Pentacles represents a maternal figure within our lives. And so that could be a maternal figure who doesn't feel like she's in a place to actually be a mother for us at this time. And that could be because she's going through her own real world problems and issues that prevents her from actually being naturally disposed as she normally would be in terms of taking care of us and in terms of giving us a helping hand or really allowing us to feel a great sense of being supported. So that's one of the things that we find with the Queen of Pentacles when she's coming up in a reversed position. Now, if the Queen of Pentacles is representing an aspect of us or an aspect of ourselves, it can say that at this moment, you don't feel as if you have the means to show up within the world for anybody else because you feel dried out. You feel, in a sense, impoverished. And that sense of impoverishment can either be something on an internal level, or that can be a genuine sense of not having enough money to really take care of yourself or to really support yourself in the ways that you are desiring to support yourself within the world at this moment. And when we find ourselves in those positions, we oftentimes also have to make an executive decision. And that executive decision really has to do with, well, shit, if I can't support me, how am I going to support anybody else? And so we find ourselves having to economize our use of energy at this time. And that could really be the guidance for you as you move within this coming month, the economy of energy. And knowing that within this world, we are all given our own allotment of energy. And also knowing that for the most part, people who depend on our allotment of energy don't always have the greatest sense of telling themselves when they've taken enough from us. And so this month, the challenge for you could actually be that you don't have anything to give. And so the lesson for you has to be a lesson of putting your own self-preservation first and knowing that in a month where you have nothing to give, the only person who you can actually mother is yourself. The only person who you can actually offer a warm bed in which to sleep at night is yourself. And if you are prioritizing yourself in that sort of way, then I think you'll also begin to develop the sort of boundaries that protect your own energy and that protect the natural radiance that you have to share with the world around you. And that boundary allows you to really set up walls between you and other people that are sometimes very necessary. 
We don't tend to like to talk about establishing walls between ourselves and others, but very often establishing those walls are very necessary, especially when you yourself are depleted and you actively do not have the means to support anybody else other than yourself. The establishment of those boundaries can be the most important thing that you do. And so the message for you at this time is that you and you alone are who really needs to be supported by the radiance that you have. It makes no sense holding other people within that radiance as well if you yourself aren't holding yourself in that radiance. And if you realize that you only have just enough radiance to keep yourself warm. So that's the message that the Queen of Pentacles is bringing us at this moment. Now, simultaneous to that, we also have another Earth card. We have the Six of Pentacles, which is representing the moon in Taurus. Now, Kabbalistically speaking, we talk about these minor arcana cards, particularly the numbered cards, as if they represent the 36 decans of the zodiac, because they do represent the 36 decans of the zodiac. So the Six of Pentacles is representing the moon in Taurus, and as we know, the moon is exalted in Taurus. So that's a very wonderful place for the moon to be. And interestingly enough, within our three card spread, two of those cards were earth cards. And so if you chose this earth stack, you really chose appropriately because what we're seeing here is earth is coming up for all you earth people. So that's the very first thing. Now, the second thing is that the Six of Pentacles often comes up specifically around this notion of how are we being nurtured, how are we being fed, who are we being supported by. And when we have the moon in Taurus as an astrological factor in general, or even here within this card, it really brings up the very real dynamic that exists between fortune and impoverishment. And this could be a very real thing within your life this month that you're focusing on. How are you creating a sense of physical stability in the world around you? And how are you creating a sense of stability just for yourself? When we see the Six of Pentacles come up, it directly is speaking about how we're taking care of ourselves in the physical world. And very often, especially those of us who are engaged in spiritual practices, we tend not to be the best at taking care of ourselves in the physical world because we are so caught up within the facets of our spiritual existence that we sometimes forget the real world implications of existing in a 3D physical body in the 3D physical world. And that's a very important thing because we aren't just here to experience this world as spiritual beings through a physical body, but we're also here to take care of this physical allotment that we've been given in terms of our physical body in order to make sure that we can continue to experience the world and have our spiritual practice. So we need this mortal coil, as it were, insofar as our physical body is concerned, but we also need those things that create a sense of security and nurturing around our physical bodies as well. And those things can have to do with our house, our car, our job, 
all of the things that contribute to a sense of physical stability, they are very, very important. And so this emphasis on earth within this reading is saying, hey, are you focusing on your earth parts? And are you really making sure that your earth parts are attended to? And are you making sense within the world, ultimately? I remember my mom used to say to me when I was younger and jobless, <laughs> and had to have her drive me all up and down across Nassau to teach classes in different places. And then sometimes no one would show up for the class and she'd have to come back there and pick me up. And in her frustration, she would say to me, what you're doing has to make financial sense in the world. You are not making financial sense in the world. And what you're doing has to make financial sense in the world. Make it make sense. And that's what this Six of Pentacles is coming up and saying. And while the Six of Pentacles can also be a sense of receiving charity and receiving the goodwill of others around us, it also carries this notion of us needing to make it make sense. Make whatever you're doing within the world make sense so that you can feel as if you can be in a place of charity. Because if you're not making your life make sense on a physical level, then any sort of charity that you offer to others becomes wasted because you will essentially be feeding others from a depleted source within yourself to begin with. So that's what the Six of Pentacles is saying, is saying, make it make sense, make your own life make financial sense. And if this month you need to be asking yourself the question about, am I making financial sense? How am I supporting myself? How am I taking care of me? Then use this month to do that personal inventory because the Queen of Pentacles reverse, as well as the Six of Pentacles is saying that tis the season to do the physical inventory that you need to do in order to make it make sense in a real and a tangible way. Now, the last card within this is the fool reversed. And the fool is the spirit of the ether. That's what we call the fool esoterically. And whereas the fool upright represents positive possibilities that are manifesting in our lives at the exact moment when we need them to manifest. When we turn the fool upside down, it's representing apprehension and it's representing the sort of apprehension that comes from overthinking. The fool, Kabbalistically speaking, is the air element. And when we have the fool as the air element, there's already something that's very cerebral about the fool because that is what the air element is. We know that from an astrological perspective, air represents the mind and all things cerebral and all of our processes of intellection. When we reverse the fool, it represents the negative side of air, the side of air that is so flustered and that is so overwhelmed that it can't actually bring together the practiced powers of its own mentality to channel those energies in a specific direction. And this card is very appropriate when juxtaposed against the other cards because the full reverse is literally the feeling of overwhelm. But it's the feeling of overwhelm that comes from having too many possibilities, from seeing too many possible directions to go, and from not really knowing what your specific path is. And when we don't know what our specific path is, it causes us to feel as if 
all of these paths are a potential possibility, but in the process of us feeling as if all paths are a potential possibility, we further stifle ourselves and we further stymie ourselves from really being able to take the leaps necessary to go down one particular direction because we've become so overwhelmed in terms of all of the possibilities that we're weighing within ourselves. So the full reversed is really telling us that, yes, your mind is a brilliant tool, but the mind isn't a brilliant tool when it's scattered in a thousand directions. The mind is only a brilliant tool when you remember who you are. So the fool is coming up as a message of remembrance. When I went to university, one of the lecturers said to me, Michael, remember why you came here and don't leave here without it. And the same thing applies to the fool reversed. The fool reversed is scattered only in so far as he doesn't remember why he came here. And the wonderful thing about the fool is that the fool does not come into this world as an idiot. The fool comes into this world after having descended through the seven stellar spheres of the seven classical planets of Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, and the Moon. And from Saturn, the fool receives gravity. And from Jupiter, the fool receives wisdom. And from Mars, the fool receives courage. And from the Sun, the fool receives the ability and the willingness to individualize himself amongst a world of other radiant individuals. And from Venus, the fool receives the ability to be in conversation and to be in loving, harmonious relationship with others. And from Mercury, the fool receives the gifts of intellection that allow him to navigate this material world in a way that doesn't actually feel like it's only purely earth-based, but it also gives him a mental reprieve from which he can step away from the bondages of his material existence and actually tap into something that is more light and that's a little bit more objective. And from the moon, the fool receives the physical body that he has that allows him to travel through this world in a safe and secure way within this lifetime. And so by the time as we find this fool on the cliff, the fool is not some idiot who's just dropped out of the sky and who's just dropping into the actual material world. The fool is actually full of wisdom within himself. And that wisdom of the fool is something that we all need to reclaim because that wisdom of the fool is the wisdom of our individual destinies that we're meant to fulfill within this lifetime. And so we only find ourselves feeling overwhelmed when we forget what that individual destiny is, essentially. And that destiny is the singular guiding force that allows us to have a sense of direction as well as the center of gravity as we move through the world. So for those of you who picked the earth stack, the earth stack is saying, hey, now is the time to clean it up. Now is the time to really find a sense of personal stability. And now is the time to really prioritize yourself even more so than you prioritize others around you purely out of this need that we all have in order to fulfill our destinies within this lifetime, which isn't something that we can do when we're splitting ourselves in a thousand directions in terms of supporting others around us. This is the month to support yourself. So that's our reading for the Earth people, and that went a little bit longer <laughs> than was my initial anticipation. The next reading that I'm going to give is going to be specifically for the fire people. And just a reminder that the question 
is what guidance does the universe have to offer us for this month of September 2022? Oof. So those of you who have chosen the fire stack, the card or one of the cards that's coming up is the Ten of Swords. And the Ten of Swords, for those of you who are not familiar with the Kabbalistic Tarot, is called the Lord of Ruin. And it represents the sun in Gemini. So that's the Ten of Swords. And this isn't just the Ten of Swords. This is the Ten of Swords reversed. Now, fire people. <laughs> and once again, remember, I'm not referring to you being a fire person because of your sun sign or your ascendant or anything like that. I'm referring to you having chosen fire at the beginning of this reading. So if you didn't do that and you want to go back and do that, you can very well do that now. But fire people. The earth people are overwhelmed because they're trying to take care of too many people within the context of this month. You could be in a state where you're feeling overwhelmed because the reality of all of the ways in which you're suffering are coming up far more strongly for you than the reality that you are at the end of your suffering. And that can be a little bit problematic when here at the end of all things, we are recapitulating our suffering. We're causing ourselves to suffer all over again when you probably have gone through an experience or a situation that has brought that suffering to an end or that possibly rightfully has brought you to the end of a particular challenging experience within your life. So when we see the Ten of Swords reverse, the Lord of Ruin, it gives us a sense of us suffering over our suffering or us suffering about our suffering. And the Ten of Swords reverse naturally takes us back to the Nine of Swords upright, which is representing Mars in Gemini, which is a card that I call the card of mental anguish. Because Mars in Gemini is putting so much fire on our brain, it's causing us to consistently and continuously live in a state of fight or flight. And I think that there's two more, it's fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. But that spectrum of reactivity that the Mars in Gemini causes us to be within and that the Mars in Gemini causes us to go under is something that isn't actually a helpful way to live. It's helpful if we are in the face of imminent danger, but that isn't naturally a helpful way to live in general. Now, one of the things that we find with this card is that possibly the reason why you're suffering over your suffering is because for you, it doesn't feel as if that danger has passed. And for you, it feels as if you're still actively living within the belly of the nightmare. And that's a very tricky place to be because living in the belly of the nightmare doesn't actually give us wiggle room to experience anything else. But I think what's very important about this Ten of Swords being a card that's fundamentally of the air element is that it says to us that a lot of the things that we suffer over in life are things that are completely mental. 
And there are things that are within our brains because we haven't allowed ourselves to realize that those things probably aren't necessary for us. So very often people suffer in a job that feels awful for them and they're getting bullied and they, they're getting teased and they can't actually do anything about the job because they feel like this job is the be all and the end all of their lives. When in fact, that person has the freedom to leave that job should they desire or while within that job, that person has the freedom to start looking for something else that will really give them a sense of freedom and hopefulness and a sense of expansion within their lives. So very often, the suffering within our lives might be real, but the part of us that keeps us attached to that suffering need not be real. And that's the biggest thing that's coming up with the Ten of Swords reversed. This notion that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't actually need to stay there. And very often we convince ourselves on a mental level that the suffering that we're experiencing is a suffering that we need to stay in. And as a result of that, we don't really find ourselves shifting the actual nature of our suffering, not even one iota. And so the Ten of Swords is coming up and is saying, hey, you have the ability to realize that a lot of your own suffering process is because of the mental way that you have allowed yourself to stay in relationship with the things that cause you suffering. And if you only allow yourself to end those relationships, to step away completely from those things that have you bound, then you can find the greater experience of freedom and the greater experience of hope because the same mental conditioning that keeps you bound to the things that make you feel trapped is the same mental power that has the ability to change your relationship to those things and bring you the freedom that you actually deserve. Now, the next card within this is the Five of Pentacles. The Five of Pentacles is representing Mercury in Taurus. And it's not <laughs> the greatest card in the world, in much the same way as none of the five minor arcana, five cards, so the Five of Wands, the Five of Cups, the Five of Swords, the Five of Pentacles, none of the fives are good cards per se, and all of them work better through their reversal than they do through their upright position. So the Five of Pentacles specifically is coming up and saying, we, us, the people who chose this fire situation, are causing ourselves to once again stay within the fabric of our suffering. And this notion of suffering is coming up twofold. On the one hand, it's coming up through the Ten of Swords. On the other hand, it's coming up through the Five of Pentacles. So it's coming up twofold and it's saying that we have taken a stance in life that allows us to suffer over our suffering. And that is the piece that's problematic. Yes, we might have issues in life. Yes, we might have a sense of not really being able to do the things that we want to do with the greatest amount of freedom. But this notion of suffering over our, our suffering is the problem. Because at the end of the day, we all have our sufferings. We all have the things that make our lives challenging and that make our lives difficult. And no one of us 
who you see within the world is a person who is completely devoid of something that fundamentally causes them to suffer because we're all going through something. And the difficulty with the five of pentacles is that it causes us to feel as if we are the only ones who suffer and as if we're the only ones who are going through a dark night of the soul experience. And so we personalize a suffering that's actually universal. And this is something that we also find within the Ten of Swords, this notion of us personalizing a suffering that's actually universal. And so we think that, oh, it's my personal hunger that I'm experiencing, but it's not just your hunger, everybody's hungry. You think that, oh, it's my personal sorrow that I'm experiencing, but it's not just your sorrow, it's everybody's sorrow. And when we get so caught up within this mentality of personalizing our suffering, it causes us to not really be able to find any sense of stability within the world, which is really what the Mercury and Taurus is saying to us. And so we have to allow ourselves, if you need help, ask for help, you know, blink twice if you're in trouble is really what the five of pentacles is saying. Because when we personalize so deeply the suffering that we're going through, it prevents us from actually being able to see other opportunities and other avenues within our lives that actually has the ability to give us a greater sense of help and support. And that can be in the shape of family, that can be in the shape of friends, that can be in the shape of a counselor, that can be in the shape of a mentor, that can be in the shape of so many people. But the point of the matter is we have to not allow our brains to become stupid. In the 17th century, one of the things that they said caused a person to be dim-witted, <laughs> essentially, is if they had their Mercury in a very heavy fixed sign, of which we know Taurus is the heaviest and the most fixed of them all. Now, I'm not saying that you're dim-witted, if you have your Mercury in Taurus. So don't shoot the messenger. But one of the things, one of the things that that can indicate is that when we get our brains to fall into a particular groove of thinking, it can sometimes become impossible to break your mind from being in that particular groove of thinking. And the mercurial part of yourself isn't meant to be a heavy part of yourself. It's not meant to be something that's so fixed that it gets so bogged down because that is very much a sure pathway towards depression. When we fix our minds in a way of thinking that usually seeks for the lowest place and all of the heaviness and all of the gravity just tends to fall on top of our brains because we don't have the wiggle room to think in a more creative sort of way, that's essentially what this Mercury in Taurus is saying. So we have to lift our Mercury out of that cement that the Taurus represents, and we have to allow ourselves to start to think about other unique creative things that we can do in order to experience life in a greater, more unique sort of way. And if you can't access that for yourself, reach out to people within your life who have the ability to support you and who have the ability to help you, because those people can genuinely give you something that your Mercury and Taurus experience at this moment is finding difficult to actually see beyond. So that's the message of the Mercury and the Taurus. 
Hopefully no one took that personally. Now the next card is the Ace of Pentacles. And the Ace of Pentacles, Kabbalistically speaking, is the root of the spirit of the earth. So whereas the numbered cards, two through 10, represent a planet in a sign, the aces represent the root of the spirit of that element. And it's interesting that we have two earth cards coming up within this reading, and we had two earth cards in the last reading. We had two earth cards and one air card in the last reading, because we know that the fool represents air. And in this reading, we also have two earth cards and one air card, because we know that the... Ten of Swords represents the air element. So this is a theme that we're finding going on for all of us, it seems. And within this card, the Ace of Pentacles. The Ace of Pentacles as the root of the spirit of the earth. It says to us, what makes you feel safe? Because that's fundamentally the function of the earth to give us a safe and a stable reality within which to establish a home for ourselves that allows us to experience the bounties of the world around us in a way that is genuinely fulfilling. So the earth element says, what makes us feel safe? What makes you feel safe? And the Ace of Pentacles is saying, sometimes we have to return to fundamental security in order for us to really remember, once again, so here's this theme of remembrance coming up again, in order for us to really remember what safety feels like. And very often, after you've gone through an experience like the Ten of Swords reversed, you do need reprieve. You do need a shelter in the time of storm. You do need to return to a space that feels like home, to a space that fundamentally reminds you of what it feels like to be caught within the arms of somebody else. Just don't go to the earth people, because as we already established, the earth people are going to be mothering themselves. They don't really have the time to mother you, but go to somebody else. Because the point of the matter is, what makes you feel safe? That's the biggest question. And that is the thing that you're being asked to return to, return to a sense of safety. And I know that that might feel a little bit vague and a little bit nebulous, but when I think about safety, the first thing that comes to me is calligraphy. Calligraphy is something that really makes me feel safe. It makes me feel like I have the ability to just settle in something that doesn't ask me for anything, but it gives me the deepest sense of joy. And that for me is representing an aspect of my personal safety. And so the same thing applies to you. What is making you feel safe at this time? What does it feel like to step away from all of the storm and all of the torment and all of the craziness of life around you? Where do you retreat is the question. Because that retreat center needs to be the place that you're retreating to now in order to recalibrate yourself and in order to at least begin to give yourself a sense of the possibilities that you have within your life, separate and apart from the suffering that you've experienced. So for you fire people, the main message this month is that yes, you definitely have experienced a great deal of suffering. You've gone through the ringer and you've come up feeling injured and wounded as a result of that. 
And so therefore, you're no longer meant to keep yourself within that cycle of toxicity, but you're meant to pull yourself away into a safe harbor that allows you to heal yourself and that also allows you to recalibrate your own sense of your relationship to your desires. And what we oftentimes find is that when we recalibrate ourselves to a relationship with our desires, we remember that suffering isn't one of them. So that's the message for all of you who chose this fire stack. We're moving on. We're halfway through. The next step we're going to choose is the water stack. So for all of you water people, the question that we're focusing on right now is, what does the universe have to tell us right now? Or rather, what guidance does the tarot have for us for the month of September 2022? You water people. All right, water people. I feel like I want to cry <laughs> already. Let's see what it is, though. <laughs> the first card that's coming up is the star card. The star esoterically represents Aquarius within the tarot, and her esoteric or Kabbalistic name is daughter of the firmament, the dweller between the waters. Daughter of the firmament, dweller between the waters. And the star card is a card of hope, is the word that many people ascribe to the star card. The star card is a card of hope. But a part of the hopefulness that we find within the star card is that she is so naked and she is so vulnerable that she is in a place of complete receptivity. And that is something that we saw was very necessary before for the fire stack and the earth stack before it. This sense of complete receptivity that allows us to be on the cutting edge of whatever experience we're having right now. And so the star card is coming up and it's saying, open yourself, divest yourself of everything that is heavy and that is thick and that prevents you from actually experiencing the information that's flowing within the air around you. Open your crown for the purpose of bringing into you the wisdom and the insight and the crystallization of a new body of thoughts that will inspire you to create change within your environment. And that is why the star card is so inspirational, because she literally represents all of the things that allows us to create change within our environment because of how wide open we are, because of how receptive we are, because of how wide open our minds are. And so when we have the star card coming up, it comes with a sense of us, yes, experiencing a sense of hopefulness, but that hopefulness is directly proportional to how open we are and how receptive we are to the information that's moving around us. And so for those of you who are water people, you may now find yourself in a place where you feel wide open. You may now find yourself in a place where you're feeling a deep sense of hopefulness for what tomorrow brings. And that's a wonderful place to be. 
because from that place of hopefulness, tomorrow can take any shape. And so the star card represents the possibilities for tomorrow to be a day of limitless potential, but also within the star card, since she represents Aquarius, which we know is an air sign ruled by Saturn, a fixed air sign at that, she's saying we have to grasp on to one of those radiant visions. We have to grasp on to one of those lightning bolts of inspiration. We have to grasp on to the thing that is electric and alive within the air and really use that thing to feed us and use that thing to give us a sense of clarity and a sense of direction and a sense of guidance. So yes, dwell within the openness. And the star also encourages a lot of us to meditate. I think that meditation is one of the things that allows us to just get clear on a mental level, and it allows us to put some distance between ourselves and the things in our lives that drag us down. Meditation. Meditation is such a wonderful tool, and it doesn't even have to be meditation on a particular thing or a mantra or anything. It can just be the observation of your breath. And when we all step back and step into a place where we're simply observing our breath, it allows everything around us to feel a bit more spacious. And space, space is essentially the thing that we need in order to really see and find possibility. Without space, if we have our minds bogged down by everything and we have our hearts holding on to all of the things that darken the heart, then that prevents us from actually tapping in to the glory and the pleasure and the excitement of just being in a space of pure space and spaciousness. And so if you don't have a meditation practice and you chose this water stack, this month can be a very good month to tap into a meditation practice or to create a meditation practice for yourself because that meditation will give you the space and that space gives you clarity and that clarity gives you hope and that hope gives you possibility to do things differently for the future. So that's what the star card is representing. Next to the star card, we have the king of cups reversed. The King of Cups reversed is one of the most uncomfortable kings in the tarot because he represents the fiery part of water. So how to say this? The element of the cups represents water in its entirety, and the king within every element is representing the fiery part of water. So with the King of Cups, we know that water and fire <laughs> don't usually jive together so well. And so the King of Cups reversed, he tends to be, actually, let's flip it around. The King of Cups upright tends to be one of the most uncomfortable kings within the tarot because he's forcing himself to take on this fiery role when he would much rather dissolve into the ocean around him. When we turn the King of Cups upside down, it gives him the ability to divest himself of those heavy cloaks that he 
has no desire to actually continue holding on to, and it gives him the ability to be the mermaid that he always desired to be, which seems very appropriate when we speak about the star card in juxtaposition to that, because the King of Cups is realizing that a lot of the responsibility is that he has thrusted onto him are not responsibilities that are his own. And those responsibilities do not actually align and correspond with the things that gives him the greatest sense of happiness and the things that gives him the greatest sense of joy. So the King of Cups desiring to be water becomes water when we reverse him. And he becomes the fiery part of water in a way that water can appreciate. And so the fiery part of water that the King of Cups becomes when we reverse him is the momentum that water has within itself, that internal fiery force that water has within itself to constantly be in motion. That's what we find when we look at the King of Cups reversed. We find a momentum that's unleashed, and that momentum can take any form. It can take creative form. It can take entrepreneurial form. It can take the form of a new project. It can take any form at all because that momentum has now been released from the very tight and specific way that he was trying to manifest it before, which was completely out of harmony with who he is. And that's the whole point with the King of Cups. The King of Cups upright is representing someone forcing themselves to manifest their momentum in a very tight-knit way that doesn't actually correspond with the vastness, the oceanic vastness within them. And when we turn the King of Cups upside down, we have this sense of that fire is filling every particle of water and it's becoming a rushing force within the ocean itself. And so we know that there's not just wind power or solar power, but there's hydropower. There's power within water itself. There's power within the momentum of water that may not necessarily manifest as fire in its raw form, but it has the ability to create fire when that power within water is transformed into energy or electricity. And that's what the King of Cups reverse represents. So if you find yourself in a particular role or a relationship or a state within your life that has you feeling as if you have to continue to bottle yourself in order to fit within that, be free. Release that thing. Destroy that thing. Let go of that thing. And you'll find in the wake of those things that you let go of, the foundational ashes that are necessary to give birth to even greater things within yourself. So that's what we find here within the King of Cups reversed. Now, the last card, mm, the last card, which is represented by the four, well, it's not represented by, it is the four of pentacles reversed. The Four of Pentacles in its upright position is called Kabbalistically the Lord of Material Power. So that is the Kabbalistic title of the Four of Pentacles because all of the cards are having a Kabbalistic title. So the Four of Pentacles upright is the Lord of Material Power and he represents the Sun in Capricorn. Now, when we turn the Four of Pentacles upside down. The Four of Pentacles reversed is saying, at the end of the day, 
when you have completely divested yourself of all of the ways how you identify yourself within the world that are purely based on the world's requirements of you, who are you? When you let go of all of the ways the world requires you to be someone's son or be someone's daughter or be someone's friend or be someone's enemy or be someone's lover or be someone's ex or be someone's anything at all, when you let go of all of those things, who are you? And on the one hand, this can feel like a very frightening thing because shit, who am I? Who am I? Because I thought that all of those ways of identifying myself were vital to my actual constitution. And I'm feeling rather constitutionless when I'm asked to divest myself of all of these things that really have always represented a massive aspect of my interiority. Who am I? And that question can be a painful question to ask, especially if you've never allowed yourself to ask that question, especially when you've always allowed yourself to pass from one material world identity to another material world identity, and you haven't really allowed yourself to dwell within the liminal space between two identities in that Ginunga gap. Ginunga gap is the name of the eternal void that we find from within the Norse mythological cycle. So between our two identities, between the identity of us being someone's friend and somebody else's foe, there is this genunga gap in the middle that could feel like a very perilous thing. And very oftentimes we jump from one identity to another identity because we're afraid of actually dwelling within that fjord. We're afraid of actually dwelling within that empty space. We're afraid of actually dwelling within that liminal space between two identities because who are we really? And this is the question that this four of pentacles reversed is causing you to ask yourself within the context of this month, who are you really? in the gap because we all know who you are as this person's friend and this person's child and this person's grandchild and this person's partner but who are you in the darkness by yourself what is there and what is there is nothing but freedom what is there is nothing but pure space and spaciousness what is there is nothing but the promise of eternity that gives you the opportunity to be anything that your heart desires to be. And if you can tap into that space of pure space and spaciousness, which is something that we all have the ability to tap into by virtue of a meditative path, which is what the star card represents, when we can tap into that space of pure space and spaciousness, it gives us the ability to know that we are not just the individual identity that we trap ourselves in, but we are everything. And we have the opportunity to exist as everything. And we have the opportunity to exist everywhere all at once. And knowing that our possibilities are that broad, should fortify within us the desire to really bring out from within that field of infinite potential 
the actual radiant truth of what we're meant to manifest within this lifetime. And hopefully that is what your meditation practice this month of September 2022 will give you the opportunity to do, to manifest the radiant truth that is within you within this lifetime that truly answers the question more than anything else of who am I? And then there was one. And now we are down to the air people, the air kingdom. We've come down to you. Or maybe we've come up to you. Who knows? The question is, what guidance does the universe have to offer us, air people, this month of September 2022? Air people. Mm. The first card that's coming up for you is the Knight of Wands. The Knight of Wands represents the airy part of fire, which is interesting because you are the air people, and the Knight of Wands is representing the airy part of fire. And this is representing the impact that air has on fire. And one of the impacts that air or that oxygen has on fire is it allows it to grow. It allows it to flourish. It allows it to become an even greater flagration. I think that that's the word, but maybe it's not the word. But it, it allows it to become an even greater force within the world. And so as we start this month of September, the guidance that's coming up for you is to Allow yourself to trust yourself. Allow yourself to have the courage to do the things that you've always wanted to do. Allow yourself to have the courage to go out and to mobilize yourself, especially if you may have been in a situation of heaviness or you may have been in a situation of darkness or you may have been in a situation of overwhelm. Allow yourself to take up the mantle of who you are courageously and quickly and with speed and with passion and with desire. Usually when I see the Knight of Wands come up, I usually tend to think that there is an air of recklessness surrounding the Knight of Wands, and that is technically the truth. But the Knight of Wands also represents a part of us that has the ability and the desire to mobilize ourselves. And sometimes we do need that part of ourselves to step forward to the forefront in order for us to feel a sense of actually getting the thing done. And sometimes we just need to take the first step. You know, if we are in a situation in our lives that has us feeling stuck or that has us feeling burdened or that has us feeling immobile, sometimes we do need to throw ourselves out there and take that reckless first step and to do the fearful thing of actually getting up and moving because a very strong, youthful, reckless momentum is oftentimes what's necessary to break the heavy, burdened feeling of adulting to our detriment. I think that's actually the, the way I want to phrase that. Uh, 
a momentum that is youthful and that's reckless and that might seem avant-garde and that, and that might seem devil may care is oftentimes what's necessary in order to break the shackles of the winter. And that winter can be, once again, the things that we get our own selves stuck in or the things that we have created a frozen relationship to in our lives. And so if you find yourself in a situation like that, be reckless. Be reckless. Go out there. Throw yourself headfirst into the pool. I mean, don't throw yourself headfirst into the pool if you can't. If you can't. If you can't drown, of course you could drown. But don't throw yourself headfirst into the pool if you don't have a lifeguard. You, you know, be sensible in that sense. I'm speaking metaphorically, but at the same time, give yourself the opportunity to be daring within yourself and to do the things that you usually don't have the courage to do. Is what this Knight of Wands is saying for you. The next card that we have is the Seven of Wands reversed. And the Seven of Wands reversed is representing Mars in Leo. The Five of Wands represents Saturn in Leo, which is the Lord of Strife. And then we have the Six of Wands representing Jupiter in Leo, which is essentially the Lord of Victory. And then we have this card, the Seven of Wands, representing Mars in Leo, which is the Lord of Valor. And so this Lord of Valor is coming up for us and saying once again what the Knight of Wands said, which is that we have to hold a stance for ourselves in the world that is strong, even if we find ourselves surrounded by opposition around us. Now, when we turn this card upside down, which is the way that it came up, we get the Seven of Wands reversed. And the Seven of Wands reversed can often say that we're allowing ourselves to be too influenced by the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings of other people. And their thoughts and their emotions and their feelings are causing us to feel overwhelmed. And it's causing us to feel uncertain about what our specific directionality in life is supposed to be. And that serves no one. It serves no one when you allow yourself to be squashed by the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings of other people around you, because it doesn't actually assist you in moving forward to performing your great work within the world. So when we have the Seven of Swords reverse coming up, it reminds us to return to the Six of Swords, oy vey. So when we have the Seven of Wands reversed coming up, it reminds us to return to the Six of Wands upright, which is the Lord of Victory. And it's reminding us to remember what makes us feel victorious. What is the thing that you want to do that actually represents your surefire path to victory within this lifetime? Because all of us have our own path to victory, and that victory needn't be something that we share with others. We all have our special secret sauce that we bring to the world that the world would be incomplete without. And so we're not meant to allow other people to tell us that, that our secret sauce is stupid or to tell us that our secret sauce, 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 where am I from? To tell us that our secret sauce is dumb or to tell us that our secret sauce has no actual ability to be valid or to add to the world around us. No one has that right to take that away from you. And for those of you who have a spiritual practice, and for those of you who've turned your spiritual practice into a professional practice, this card is something that I think is very pertinent, because very often the people within our lives don't understand 
what we do. <laughs> our parents don't understand what we do. The people we went to university with don't understand what we do. Our friends don't understand what we do. Our coworkers, our colleagues don't understand what we do. No one understands what we do. They don't know why we practice the astrology that we practice. They don't understand why we practice the Reiki that we practice. They don't understand why we play with those funny cards, the tarot cards in the way that we do, because they just don't get it. And the point of the matter is that not everybody has to get and understand your pathway to success. Not everybody has to get and understand what makes your victory different than theirs. And you are not meant to be in this world allowing other people to subsume the light of your own internal desire with their bullshit. We're not meant to allow other people to take away the joy and the feeling of exaltation that we get from being completely tuned in and rooted on the path towards our personal sense of what brings us victory. So if you want to be a tarot reader, you go be the best tarot reader you can be. If you want to be an astrologer, you go be the best astrologer that you can be and allow yourself to step out of yourself with a sense of pride about those things, because those things will represent your path to victory and your path to success. There's a particular type of shame that a lot of us have when we choose to allow a spiritual practice or even an artistic practice be the primary way in which we create a way for ourselves in the world. And in the past, I've called this astro shame. There's a lot of us who practice astrology who are ashamed about the astrology that we practice because we know that we can't really explain it to our friends, our family, our colleague, our people, and whatever. And so we kind of want to be public with our astrology because we've done enough studies in order to make money off of our astrology, but we also kind of want to be hush-hush about it because we don't really want for everybody in the world to know that we practice astrology because heaven forbid our pastor from church finds out that what we're doing today is worshiping the devil. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure that that's what my pastor from church thinks that I'm doing. I'm sure he thinks that I'm here, over here worshiping the devil because I'm practicing astrology. So heaven forbid the people within our lives find out what we're doing. And so we allow other people's stuff and we allow other people's relationship to their own thought process about what we do be the thing that prevents us from doing the thing that we're good at. And there's no worse way to die than that. To allow the thoughts and the opinions of other people to cause you to shrink within yourself and to cause you to kill within yourself the thing that you have spent so much time and energy and passion and desire cultivating within your life. The Six of Wands is coming up and it's reminding you that every one of us has our own relationship to Mars. And Mars is that part of us that allows us to fight for what we believe in. And if you allow somebody else's Mars to chop down what you believe in, then you allow your space within the world to become that much smaller. And you're not meant to die in a coffin. We're all meant to die in a wide open field having nothing but pure potential and possibility radiating out of us and pouring back into us. And when you allow someone to sh shorten 
your own space and to close the circle within which you live and to make that circle that much smaller, you also allow yourself to die in a coffin, even while you're still living. So that's the message that we find coming up through the seven of wands reverse. It's a complicated card for me usually, but it came through pretty clear right now. The last card for you air people is justice. Justice, which is representing the sign of Libra within the Zodiac. And justice, who essentially is the keeper of the balance, in a sense. That's a part of the esoteric name for justice. She is the keeper of the balance. And what we find within the justice card is this notion that you have to make a choice. There is no living without making choices. More than we are doers, we are deciders. And you have to make a choice. You cannot continue to allow yourself, air people, to exist within that liminal space where you aren't making choices because you have to make a choice. And very often that choice that we have to make is a choice surrounding what will we do next with our lives? Where do we go from here? And so this is a crossroad. And very often the part of our journey that feels most treacherous is the crossroad. And so as you navigate this month of September, the message that's coming up for you is what is the choice? that you are making, which path will you go down? Will you choose to continue to live as you're currently living? Or will you choose to step forward on the path of your continued growth and evolution? And that's a very intense choice because there are some moments in our lives when it seems like the most sensible reaction to continue living in the way that we're living. Probably we're not in a place where we can handle what comes next and probably we need to continue to cultivate ourselves in the dark shadow of our own bedroom until we're really ready to allow ourselves to be seen by the world at large. Probably that's the thing, you know? I know when I was first catapulted into the limelight as far as astrology was concerned and I started to give readings to very, very famous and very, very influential global leaders, I felt unprepared. And I'll tell you a story. One of the things that happened was one of the people who I gave a reading to, who's a global leader within his industry, had made me a promise that he would ship me out to California and I would be his personal guru or spiritual consultant for lack of a better word. And I wasn't ready. I was not ready. I was so not ready. I was unprepared. I didn't have what it took to represent any of the things I was doing at the level that I knew I should represent them at if I was going to be the personal spiritual consultant to a multi-billionaire. And I knew that within myself, but I was prepared to take that risk and I was prepared to be there at his beck and call should he call. We left the place where we were staying and he never called again. 
And I felt very butthurt about that for quite some time because I felt let down and I felt like, you know, why? Why was I just abandoned by this person? But I was abandoned by that person because I wasn't ready to step forward in the world as the astrologer who I am today because I was not then the astrologer who I am today. And while I'm ready for that opportunity now, I would not have been ready for that opportunity then. So sometimes it is the path of wisdom for us to, in a sense, like we say in the Bahamas, sit small until your name is called. And if you realize that there really has not been a calling, not only from the outside of the world, people calling you to fulfill a particular role, and you also don't feel as if you have been called within yourself to fulfill that particular role because you don't feel ready, then sometimes the path of wisdom is to sit small until your name is called. However, if you are at a place where you know and everything around you and everything within you knows that you have all of the requisite skills that are necessary in order for you to fulfill the role that you're being asked to fulfill within the world at this moment, then now is the moment for you to make a decision to follow that evolutionary path onward. Because to not follow that evolutionary path onward and to feel as if you are still in the valley of preparation when you are really as prepared as you will ever be is to further kill that light within yourself and for you to shrink your own world around you into a suffocating coffin. And we're not meant to die while we're still standing. And we're not meant to die while we're still living. You're meant to live your life completely and experience all the possibilities within your life to the fullest, especially if those possibilities are being given to you because you are worthy and deserving of every one of those possibilities. So that is the threshold of decision-making that you now find yourself at, Air People. The decision to stay where you are because you're genuinely not ready or the decision for you to move forward because you know that you are as ready as you will ever be. And truthfully, within the context of the other cards that came up for you, you are as ready as you will ever be. Now is your moment. And no other moment will be as ripe for you to step forward other than this moment now. And do know that should you decide to step forward, you will unleash a momentum within yourself and you will unleash a momentum within the universe that demands and that requires you to continue stepping forward and that demands and that requires you to continue showing up. So if you feel as if you're not ready, ready to take on that responsibility, then that should also be a part of your current decision-making process, but everything that we've seen coming up for you right now says that you are absolutely as ready as you will ever be in order to take the steps forward down the evolutionary path towards your highest growth and your highest success. So Godspeed to you. Thank you all so much for joining me here this moment within this space. I sincerely hope that something that, that I've said has reached you wherever you are within your process and wherever you are within your journey. And I sincerely hope that what I've said has given you the light 
to navigate this month of September 2022 and beyond. And the things that come to us from the tarot, as I'm sure you can tell, are messages that tend to be timeless. So even if you are watching this in December 2022 or even May 2047, I sincerely hope that this message that came to you is a message that speaks to the heart of your own experience and that this message gives you the light and the freedom and the possibility and the potential to move forward within the world while fulfilling whatever your great work is. If you want to continue to dive into the wonderful things that we're sharing here over at the Oraculos podcast and on Michael's tarot forecast, then by all means, please do subscribe to the Oraculos podcast wherever you find us on the internet. And if you want to enter our raffle to win a free one-on-one private Kabbalistic tarot reading with me or any other one-on-one individual astrological service that I offer over on the website, then you can check down below to find the details of how to do that. Subscribe to the Oraculos podcast, become one of our followers over on Instagram. And if you're a Twitter buff like me, then by all means, follow me over on Twitter at Oraculos Astro so that you can enter to win one-on-one private soul-to-soul connection time with me, the Kabbalistic Tarot, and your guides and gods, whoever those may be. Until next time, I'm leaving you in peace and love and hope. Until we meet again, have a good one. Bye-bye.